You're listening to Hey Bitches Podcast, episode 101. Hey, bitches. What is up, you guys? It's your girl, Carly. Welcome back to Hey Bitches Podcast. Hope you guys are having an incredible day. Today, we are carrying on the series of how to be a better ally to the Black community, where I ask my friends in the Black community how they think that other people can be better allies. Just as a little refresher, every single lifestyle episode this month of Hey Bitches during Black History Month is dedicated to the Black community. So I wanted to amplify voices, bring on different people that I know to share their stories, their background, their history, and I'm very excited to have them all on here today. So this is part two. This is a three-part series. Last week, we heard from people like my friends Caleb, Tanisha, Tegan, so many incredible voices, and you guys really loved it. And this week, I'm really excited to share more voices within the Black community with you guys today. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. You guys, I am very excited to have Nessa as our next guest for this podcast. Nessa, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Nessa from Oneness Holistics. I love that. You want to tell us what Oneness Holistics is before we get into this? Most definitely. So we are a natural healing collective. We started our business making all natural skincare products um, for like actual like healing purposes. You know, a lot of like difficult skin conditions are very hard to treat with, you know, the standard skincare products on the market. So really started for like trying to treat my own eczema and my own skin conditions. And it's just kind of branched out into helping other people as well. So it's been pretty cool. And hopefully when the, the restrictions and whatnot open up, we will be also starting our healing circle again. So that is going to be like a meditation slash conversation. Um, I guess all with all different kinds of people, all different races, all different genders, and just all on the lines of healing and self-empowerment and moving forward and growing into the best version of your life that you could possibly have. I absolutely love that. I love oneness. The body butter is my favorite. I use it every single day. (laughs) It's that bitch. Um, But I'm really excited (laughs) to have you on this episode today to speak about how to be a better ally to the Black community. I know this is conversations that we kind of have had here and there in the DMs face-to-face, and I'm really excited to have you come on today. And I would love to know, you know, how can people be a better ally to the Black community, in your opinion? Okay, so I have thought long and hard on this because I'm like, you know, it's a really good question. And I feel like, especially as like a mixed person, I'm sure you can relate that I feel like we are like almost like this mediator in the middle. Because if you're if you're black in Alberta, you know already like what it is most likely like majority of your family has their own. I'm not going to really say racist traits but prejudice kind of vibe you know what I'm talking about but Mm -hmm. you know I really at first I wanted to answer it and say you know like but you know like I I was gonna say that I because I see it's really trending like you know people kind of calling out their families and standing up to your family and whatnot and like I just feel like it really needs to be similar but more on the grounds with like compassion because you know there's a lot of pain in this world And I feel like collectively, regardless of who we are, we have collective healing to do. And it's like, 
we can, you can, because when this whole, when George Floyd passed away last year and this movement like took over, I felt that I got a lot of support from people and it was like, we want to support black owned businesses and, you know, and it was really exciting. And then it kind of got to the point that it was like very superficial and it was like my sales boosted for like a month and then, you know, it kind of fell off. And at the time I did, I was speaking with some other businesses saying like, you know, it kind of feels like, I'm not going to say like hush money, but it just felt weird. Like it was not Uh genuine support. And that has kind of led me into opening conversations with people about healing because most people are not aware of what's in their subconscious programming. Like, let's be honest, right? Mm -hmm. So collective healing, like regardless of who we are, we all need healing regardless of, you know, our history, regardless of how, you know, racial fluid we are. My mother is somebody who has three black children, but she still has like very crooked views on certain things, you know? So that's been like a conversation within our family and things that are like, you know, a little bit of a more private conversation, but it's all in the lines of just healing and like actually bringing to light things that we don't want to talk about and things that we don't really want to admit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's necessary. It's all in the name of the shadow work, right? Like we have to face that reality within us because I also was say like on a mental health perspective, you know, when you're dealing with a conflict, it's like you can start from your awareness and then most people become aware of a problem and they want to jump right into action and changing it. But the reality is, is like the meat of the sandwich is in the acceptance portion. And that's where we have to go within and like really, and me, even as a biracial person, like I, I am aware of my own like privileges. And when I travel and stuff like that, like I'm very aware of, you know, I guess my white privilege is that a thing for us mixed people. I don't know. I mean, I think it's less, it's less white privilege and it's more, which is a different conversation than this, but it, it, that leans to colorism. You know, there are problems that darker people face in the black community that us as mixed people do not face. And then you know, that's a whole separate conversation. That's an issue within the, the community of itself, you know? You know, and that's that's exactly, that is a whole issue in the conversation as well. And I, you know, and I think that it goes both ways as well. Because I know like when I go to Jamaica, I'm called white lady. Like I'm not mixed, I'm not brown. So it's like, in all honesty, like nobody can understand what anybody's going through. Mixed people, we're going through our own things. People from different countries, different cultures, dark skin people are going through things. So I think it's kind of really hard to for us to tell people what to do. It's kind of like one of those things that it's like, go within. Like we all need to just go within and correct ourselves and make sure that we're living straight. Because again, as we've seen throughout this last like year and a bit, like I don't think people really even know what they're doing. That is, you know what I mean? Like it kind of feels hostile on like, especially TikTok, for example, like the community on there, it's very hostile. And it's like, again, it's not really that that we, that they need to do anything other than just go within themselves. I don't know if that answers the question. That, that absolutely does. And that, that's a big reason why I'm having this conversation with so many different people, because so many people have so many different experiences, like you said. And I think that opening the conversation up to, you know, not just me is what's really valuable here is just hearing out everyone and where they're coming from within the black community. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. And I appreciate what you do because like, again, as I can say, I don't know, I'm always like mixed nation, like what's up? But like, I feel like we have a humongous responsibility as mediators to try to try to really help people and usher them through this because we are in this together, regardless of who's on which side of this, like this is an everybody problem. So, you know, I appreciate people like you using your platform to open up this conversation and like, you know, I, I get it. I, I understand the feeling, even me, I feel a little bit confused. Like, how do we move forward with this? Especially as I'm saying, like with our own families and with the own like issues within the households and stuff. And I just keep saying every, to everybody, like healing over everything. Like we all just need to heal together separately, whatever that means for you, but subconscious reprogramming but I mean that's like a whole conversation too (laughs) I feel that I feel that um Nessa thank you so much for coming on and sharing you know your own experiences and how you think everyone can be a better ally to the black community before you go I would love for you to share you know where can everybody find you online okay so we are primarily for social media, we're on Instagram. Um, you can find us at oneness with one S holistics. Um, or you can also follow our skincare page that is o.skin.care. Um, you can also check us out online at onenessholistics.ca, um, Facebook, and we're kind of getting on TikTok a little bit with some cool videos. So yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you have a beautiful day. All right, you guys. Up next, we have a familiar voice to the podcast. Mike, you were, Michael, you were on the last, um, the one-year anniversary episode, I think was your last episode on the podcast. It was. <laughs> I feel like we need Great to have him back on. I know, you, I know you have crazy stories that you could continue to share. Anytime. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But um, Michael and I... We've been friends for, I don't know, how long have you been friends for now? Like almost two years? A year? I think, I think this summer we'll make two after the ginger ale uh, introduction. Honestly, the ginger ale introduction will always be iconic. It brought together our literal entire friend group. <laughs> but now here we are for this episode, and I'm very, very excited to have you back. And uh, like I said, basically this episode is me getting differences of opinions and thoughts and experiences on how people can be better allies to the Black community. And I would love to hear your opinions and your your thoughts and wisdom. There's so many ways to approach it that it's kind of like, I don't know, I guess you'd have to almost look for foundations to start with being an ally. Like I have a lot of friends on social media constantly posting things and like the activity is good, the knowledge is good. But uh, like I'm not a super loud kind of person, so I'm not going to post a lot of stuff like that online uh, at the end of the day if you're going to do something it's being active and being aware and not doing your best to not be ignorant like you have those people who wanting to be allies but then they're basically the most annoying people in your life because they're almost screaming louder than any other person of color that you know and it's just kind of like what are you doing like you know it just it kind of almost seems disingenuous or almost too much you have that one friend that that's always going to back you up when you get into a fight but they're almost the one that's starting the fight half the time on your behalf, which doesn't always make sense. I That's that's a very interesting point because I think it, this was brought up in a different conversation that I was having that was the same type of thing. And in that conversation, basically, it was we were talking about how there's some people who have really taken it upon themselves to become those 
resources, which I think is great. But then I think the conversation around it, it was that sometimes like when non-Black people research the Black community so much, it gets them into like this headspace that they know so much more about the Black community because they've put in the research and the time. And like, I appreciate the research aspect, but I've seen on these like bigger social media accounts that like other people will be sharing their own personal experiences as someone who's part of the Black community. And the account will be like, oh, well, that didn't actually happen or that, this and the other. And it is turning into like a crazy, just like power power struggle, I guess, of this like person who doesn't belong to the Black community, but I guess has done so much research about it. And then it's like, wait, well, I know more than you on your, your own history, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the approach should be like a strength in numbers. Like you want to be there to support, but you don't want your voice to be louder than the person who, who's the point of focus. Like it would be like me becoming a professor on feminism and trying to tell these people like what women are going through. And I'm not a woman, so I can't actually ever really speak to those things. Like I know about them, but I'll never have those experiences to actually speak from the heart and know exactly what's going on or what people are truly experiencing. So like, the best way to be an ally is to be physically present and to be active and to be aware of like what your impact is and how you can make things like better for anybody, but to not actually be louder than the people that are supposed to be getting their voices heard. Yeah. I really like that you brought that up because that's not something that necessarily has been put into those, those words, but I, I completely agree in, in the fact that as an ally, you definitely should be alongside not trying to be, in front of or ahead of the people who actually are experiencing the things that you're yelling about. Yeah. Like yesterday is actually a perfect example. Like my roommate was watching law and order and like, I don't really watch a lot of those kinds of shows. And it was wild because the topic was again, like they're trying to stay really relevant. And they had an episode about somebody raping this like person of color. And the first person they grabbed was this black guy in the park because he was accused of rape previously. And, there was a scene where they were at this grand jury and one of the jury members is this white lady and she's confronting the police officer that's there to testify about what happened in the park. But the lady is white and the officer she's like accosting is iced tea and she's yelling at him and she's like, yo, so you just went and arrested the first black man you saw. And I was like, what is going on here? Like that doesn't, it's so wild to me in those moments where I'm like, you put the black cop on the stand and then he's getting yelled at by a white lady about arresting a black person. Like it gets so wild to me where it's like, this isn't for you to be like accusing somebody of. Cause like, there, it's like there's black people in the jury. And if they had an issue with that aspect of it, they would have said something, but instead you have like this one lone white lady standing up and accosting like this black person about actions against the black person but it's something that should have come from maybe one of the black people on the show. And I was like, this is wild to me. Like, I'm just like kind of sitting there and it was like very cringy for me. Cause I was just like, damn, that's a real hot, hot take there for this lady there to be the one that's accosting the black guy about his perspective when he's doing his job. And like, again, the policing is a whole other aspect, but kind of the same, like they want to be that white knight. They want to be involved. They really want to get in and really give it to somebody. But at the same time, it's like, it's not your role here. Like you just gotta, gotta be more self-aware of where you're at and what you're trying to accomplish. I think it's interesting that you brought up the idea of TV shows and stuff, because I feel like the more that I watch series, especially too, the more that I watch series that are actually specifically filmed in Atlanta, 
um, the more that I see them trying to have these conversations about racism and, and race, but it's always like, like you said, it's in the weird lens of like most of the characters generally are white leads. And then they have like one super dramatic episode and then like a couple follow-up episodes when they're all like, you know, rallying or like having deep conversations. And then it just goes back to normal. And it's, it's strange on the way that TV has been doing that. It's a, it, and like entertainment aspects of it, uh, one of the things that I really, really dislike, and again, this is one of those things where these people are like, they're trying to stay informed. They, they want to show you that like, hey, I took interest in this. And that's cool. Don't talk to me about it. Uh, like when people come up to me like, yo, man, you ever seen 12 Years a Slave? Like, don't fucking ask me that shit. I never watch those movies anymore. I've seen enough of them. They're all the same. Uh, there's any movie that's talking about black people being slaves, like, don't talk to me about it. Like, they're like a dime a dozen at this point. Um, it's not a good way to start a conversation with me. It's probably just going to annoy the hell out of me. Like, talk to me about something cool, like, and bring it up in a nice, organic way. You don't, like, it would be like if, you know, we were hanging out with Andrew and I only wanted to tell him stories about my gay friends. I think eventually he would be like, yo, we... (laughs) (laughs) We can talk about anything else. (laughs) Yeah, like, it's just like, you don't only need to talk to me about these topics. Like, I'm still a regular person. Um, But it's just like, yeah, like, when things happen during Black History Month, like, it's cool. I get a few people texting me every now and then, like, yo, happy Black History Month. I was like, that's actually pretty cool. Like, it's it's definitely a changing time because nobody was really doing that before. And, like, that's cool enough for me. As long as you're paying attention, you know what's up, you know about our Black heroes, you don't need to, like, parade your knowledge or information in front of me to in order for, like, just even being part of a Black person's life and having more friends uh, of color will just change you in general. Like it will change your perspective. Cause if you only have like one friend of color and you're always like, well, my one black friend also stop saying that it's your friend. It's not like a specific, if it doesn't have anything to do with the story, don't fucking say it. It's your friend. Mm-hmm. So it's just like those kinds of things, minding your P's and Q's when it comes to that. And like not trying to treat people so much differently because they are somebody of color or they are like even Uh, different genders or like you know just don't try to bring up their differences all the time uh celebrate their uniqueness but don't make it awkward like I don't know some people don't really catch the social cues and they're like they'll see something and they'll immediately be like ah my single black friend would really love this tidbit of information it's like no don't do that that's actually funny because that's a conversation I think we had before just like in in some other conversation um where you, you brought this up where somebody was telling a story and they're like, oh yeah, like Black Mike. And you were like, do you even know any other mics? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that one to me is like, there's some solid circles where literally they'll be like Black Mike and it's happened so much that I'm like, whatever. But it's like, it's nice now because some people are like, yo, like there's really only two mics in this group and we easily could have just called this other guy White Mike and we didn't. So I was like, yeah, you guys, you guys are really out here perpetrating on a regular basis. And uh, you're lucky I just don't check you. I was like, um, I think last year was probably pretty telling when like whole Black Lives Matter movement really started picking up. And like my girlfriend was really like, she really wanted to go. She's like, yeah, I want to go down to the march. And I'm like, I'm not a march person. So I wasn't really trying to go at all. She's like, I want to go to this rally. And I was like, sure. I was like, it was impressive. She like took the lead on that. Otherwise I probably wouldn't have gone. But she was like all in, uh, didn't really make it awkward just wanted to show that she was physically there without actually being too too loud about it and I was like yeah that's 
that's honestly the right way to go. I was like, you don't need to make it a big thing. You don't need to be awkward about it. I was like, uh, you know, you just got to show up, show you that you're there and not be so damn weird. Like, I don't know why people always got to take that route. <laughs> I love, honestly, though, I love that you, you brought that up because that is something that I feel like not a lot of, like a lot of people do, but they don't realize like how much they just don't need to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, there's a person I have now too, that that's always kind of like sending me stuff or like make comments and they'll be like, yeah, uh, like you should do this. It's like, I'm not doing nothing. Don't tell me what to do. Like, it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's just like, Hey, I get that you're there. Uh, I don't need you posting everything in your story. Cause at the end of the day, what are you doing? How many followers do you have? Do you have any reach? Do you have anything in place to make these changes? You're going to keep resharing posts all the time. Like, it's cool. You let people know that you you have this mindset and you want to make these changes, but I'm not going to lie. When I see people posting those things on their stories, I skip right through them. I'm sick of it. I'm just like, I'm like, oh, uh, half the time I actually don't even really watch anyone's stories. I, I hit like a few select people and like one way to get yourself off my list is to also be one of those like consistent people. Like there's definitely ways to be more involved in the community as opposed to just the social media aspect of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is a, a topic that's been brought up in a couple conversations about how people are like, you know, black squares, they don't help me sharing resources like that on your story. And that's it. They don't help me. And yeah, that's something that I've been hearing over and over and over again from everyone. Yeah. It's uh, the thing too, I guess, is like knowing your friend. Um, Cause I have had a few people like kind of reach out to me and be like, Hey, like, is there like racism in here? And I was like, yo, and again, it was that whole Black Mike thing. I was like, you guys call me Black Mike. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? Is there racism in Edmonton? Is there racism in Canada? I was like, you do it on a regular basis. And half the time, it's just, you're so ignorant to it. You just don't know. So uh, I think like knowing which people you, you should approach and doing it in a, a respectful way where it's not like, you know, like if you send someone a text and you just kind of ask or you want to like talk to them on the phone, and have like an actual conversation, most people will engage you with it. Like if you want to talk about uh, the conversations about what experiences they've had, most people will share them. And half the time, like even for me, a lot of the stuff I experienced, I really started like cluing in later after I brought it up that I was like, oh damn, I was like, this man was really wild when he put me in that situation and that shit was hella racist. And like, even in those conversations, like if you come up and have like an honest conversation, you really want to learn about the person. Like you don't want to go and be like, yo, tell me about the history, like go research on your own. Uh, the only thing you should ever ask someone is their story if they want to share it with you. Mm -hmm. and, and then you can see like, if there's anything that you can do from that person to, to learn to like help them enhance their lives in that moment. So like, yeah, like you, you can, so many things, like so many different ways to go about it. That's why I was kind of like, when you asked that question, I was like, oh, where are we starting here? <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's, it's like trying to approach the ocean from different angles, but there's like so many different places, like and the ocean is so big. So it's just like, this is kind of the same thing. Like there's so many different ways to approach it. Some are definitely better than others, but I think the easiest way is like start small, start with the people, you know, expand your community and the people, you know, uh, also don't like get too, too wild again. Like I've had to defend white people to white people because they're so out of line with like their way of thinking. I had one girl tell me she was seeking reparations. And I was like, this is the craziest thing you ever said to me. A white girl? She was like, she was really going off on a lot of tips. And it was like, she was really, 
going on like a, a feminine movement, which is fine. She was going off on like, I was like, what exactly? Uh, Cause I was kind of talking like, you know, when they get super hyper and we were just having a conversation and I was like, at what point do you want to be constructive and stop holding people from like getting better? I was like, cause it was one of those awkward, like how long do we hold people down or do we just literally boot them from society? And I'm like, yeah, you should definitely put people through the ring and when they do something wrong. Uh, and I was like, at the same time, I was like, you, it was like most of the time you should probably give them the opportunity to actually get better. And I was like, otherwise, like, what's the point? And uh, I was like, you might as well just kill these people because if you're, if you're not going to allow them to participate in society, like, what's their purpose here? So it's just like, uh, we were kind of talking about that. And I was like, at what point are you going to be happy? And she's like, I want women to believe by about like when they say something. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I want equal rights. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I want reparations. And I was like, for who? Like, it was just like, that. I was like, you kind of was like, you lost me there. I was like, you got to take it easy. I was like, you're white. And I'm telling you to take it on white people, take it easy on them. I was like, I'm like, at the same time, like, uh, I'm not going to hold back or hold out on some people, like the sins of their parents. Like, as long as you, the next generation are doing whatever you can do to get better. And you're not ignorant to the past that you have. That's that's enough. I don't need you to go out here and like nail yourself to a cross, start doing wild shit all the time. Nobody asked you for it. Like I'll watch it. It's funny, but like nobody, <laughs> like nobody, nobody needs you like washing black people's feet, begging in the streets for forgiveness. Like just just be better. Like that's that's all you need to do is just be better. Just be conscious of what you're doing. Be conscious of what your ancestors did, and just acknowledge that that shit really happened and that it's having an effect still today. And I think that's all people really need to be. They don't like, they don't need you to go out and start like trying to fight people in the streets. They don't need you to like go out and start yelling at people or, or to like be posting stuff all the time. It's just knowing, being, being again, being present, being aware and just like acknowledging and whatever's gone on and not being ignorant at all. I think this whole conversation was very, very, very good. I, I, I wanted to have you on the podcast specifically because I know you have so many like good points and you're also a great storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm very happy that you were able to come onto the podcast and share with me and everybody today. And before we go, um, I would love for you to share with everybody where they can find you online. I'll, I'll keep the burner account off of this one for now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you can find me on Insta harassing Carly at M N Amiel at uh, Instagram, like whatever my handle. Wow. That really fucked me up. Almost told everybody my email address um, <laughs> and uh, Twitter. You can find me at Michael Amiel 18. Cause apparently there was 17 other people before me. I thought I was unique, but that uh, was not true at all. <laughs> Michael, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really thank appreciate you. it. Thank you for having me. Okay, you guys. Next up for this conversation, we have a very special guest, a very special friend. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I am Clara Jade. I'm a internet person. <laughs> I'm an editor and a marketing person and an internet person. And I take pictures sometimes. Hi. And you have Yes, I just started a podcast that took me so many years to start called Unjaded. (laughs) Amazing. You're doing a bunch of things. I I love that for you because we are very similar in the fact that we're doing a million things. Before we started recording, we were like, girl, we've had the longest day. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I don't know where you find time to breathe. Oh, my God. Girl, me too. I don't know. (laughs) I wish I knew. 
Um, so I'm very excited to have you on, on this episode today. Like I was telling you, and obviously the listeners who are listening to this, I am asking many people in my life that belong to the Black community, you know, how can people be better allies to the Black community? Because I feel like a lot of the time people think that, you know, just posting their little Black square or retweeting their tweets is is doing the most, when in reality it's mm-hmm. doing nothing at all. And so I wanted to have a plethora of different voices and people and experiences on here to talk, you know, personally, how do you think people can be better allies to the black community? So my biggest thing, um, with non-black people in general is amplifying black voices, number one. And I'm sure that you've heard that a million times and, and that means different things to different people. But, uh, for me anyways, it means like not, coming into black spaces and like speaking for black people and kind of taking the time to like listen and not take what they are saying and like recycling it (laughs) and (laughs) reposting it rather than like sharing their actual words and listening and taking all that in. Absolutely. I agree. I think amplifying black voices is something that I've seen a lot of people they have been doing, especially to like with my influencer friends that I have, they have been, you know, giving their platform away for the day for someone else to come in and just speak about their experience Mm -hmm. and their truth. And I think that that is an incredible thing is just letting black people tell their own story instead of you, you know, getting it all from them, putting it into like an aesthetic story chain and calling it a day. (laughs) Absolutely. I really think that this will be a change in history because I think growing up, for me anyways, most of the times that I would hear black stories, they were told by a white person um, and there'd be like this white savior complex and that's kind of how Mm -hmm. (laughs) black stories were told. So it's really great to see now that it is black people sharing their experiences firsthand, which I don't think we had a lot of back in the day. I are I I wouldn't even it's so funny that you say back in the day because like back in the day literally means like like two years ago yeah, <laughs> yeah. not even two years ago like a year ago like in, yeah and yeah I it's crazy agree it uh, it's very refreshing to see you know black people telling their story but like other people listening absolutely absolutely I actually have an uh, an English teacher um I when I was in this class we read To Kill a Mockingbird and it was the most uncomfortable experience for me um mm-hmm. he kind of like allowed the white kids to say the n-word but only if you're reading it and uh oh man that was such a miserable experience and just a couple of weeks ago he messaged me asking um different books and different like book recommendations for them to read as opposed to Kill a Mockingbird, which was absolutely like incredible because I just never thought that a teacher would even like ask me and what do I know? But (laughs) it was, it was really great to be able to give recommendations of other books that are told by black people and where there isn't a way of saying your complex. (laughs) So. You know what's so, so crazy is that you bring that up and I'm like, thinking now I'm like why do we even read to kill a mockingbird like I get the premise behind it like, I understand the book like I understand what what the book is I mm-hmm. fucking read the book like I get it but I'm like why is this the way that we're teaching about like how racist the world used to be 30 years yeah. ago <laughs> like yeah I don't why, why is this the matter? I don't know. I feel like that, I need to just throw that whole book away, honestly. 
<laughs> anyway, we read we read the diary of Emmett Till and To Kill a Mockingbird oh. in that year. I was like, we're doing a lot oh, right man. now. The, the trauma porn. Oh my god. <laughs> Literally. Um, while we're on the topic of this, though, I would love to know, like, what recommendations did you give? Um, we, I, it was me and another girl that was also um not in the same class but in the same school. And uh, we gave Black Like Me, um, mm-hmm. which is just like oh, an amazing, amazing book. You have to read it if you haven't already. Um, and then we, I guess he, he recommended some a book to us. I don't quite remember what it was called, but uh, it uh, kind of, it was a story that was told by an indigenous man. It kind of had some... Um, misogyny in it <laughs> and we were like maybe not this one but uh yeah we recommended black like me i would love to know if you have any other things you'd like to like get off your chest how you're feeling about you know how the world is kind of moving right now or any other things that you wish people would know of you know how to actually be an ally to the community and help <laughs> um yeah i the whole like change in how people view racial issues is like really um really personal to me because I grew up in like a all white town or like my family at one point was like the only white or the only black family in that town um and I just there was a lot of racism that I was being told did not exist so I ended up like dropping out of school because the racism got so bad and I wasn't able to go to school in the city um so me and my sister and like my family as a whole spent like many, many years like fighting with um, specifically like <laughs> the school systems in Alberta about um, how racism does exist and how like this is racist. And just because like there was a lot of N-word calling, but just because it wasn't the N-word doesn't mean it wasn't a racist because like why else would you stick a banana in a black girl's backpack and make monkey noises at her, right? So mm-hmm. that whole like experience for me really made me lose hope in the world (laughs) at least this side of the world like North America um and to now like see all of the marches and the protests and and seeing people that I never would have thought in a million years march for me doing that for me and for people that look like me is like so incredible and so like absolutely like freeing because I feel like my younger self needed that and I'm so 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 happy that like the younger generation of black kids are seeing this and seeing that you know people are fighting for you people do care about you and your life does matter and so that's something that's like really really important to me and I think that it's another way that people can help is like going to these things right because in a way like black people are putting our lives in danger just to like say that we matter, right? If Mm -hmm. police officers come down to these protests, like who are the first people that they're going to try and arrest and brutalize and all that, right? So white people attending these things and being able to, you know, not necessarily speak over us, but to um, almost in a way like protect us when situations like that happen, because you know, these cops aren't going to listen to a little like black boy has to say you know they're gonna just try to arrest him so being able to be there and like step in and kind of be that median and actually showing up to these things for more than like your social media is a great way to 
really, really show your support genuinely. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. Thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your your own stories and your own experiences and also how you think that people can really be better allies to the Black community. Before you go, I would love to know, um, and the audience would love to know, where can everybody find you online? Um, you can find me everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, um, at Clara Jade, C-L-A-R-A-J-A-I-D-E. Incredible. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. You guys, today for our next guest on this episode, I have my friend Nawali here. Say hi. Hey, how y'all doing? Um, I'm very excited to have you. Um, Before we got into this, we were kind of breaking down the history and stuff behind your name because for for you guys listening who don't know, obviously you guys don't know, but me and Nawali went to school together. And uh, I feel like ever since I met you, like when I was first introduced to you, you were Wally to me. And now, you know, we've been friends for years and years now. It's been like, what, like eight years or something like that. And, uh, you know, I've seen you go through the name change of, of Wally to Nawali now and all of that. And I would love for you to explain the importance of that behind like your name and going from, you know, kind of like a, colonized American version of it to, you know, why you go by Nawali now. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And uh, it's funny, before I moved to Edmonton, like, I was just, like, I was a kid, right? Like, I was just like, yo, my name is Nawali, and, like, that's what everyone called me, right? But, like, once you get into your teenage years and stuff like that, and, like, you try to fit in with everyone, it's like, no, just, like, call me Wally, because, like, everyone would have such a difficult time saying my name. You know, like, you try to fit in with all these white kids, like, being, like, maybe one of, like, three or four black kids, like, Carly, you know, you know, you know our life. Sorry. <laughs> we went you to know, a very white school. high school, too. Let's be real, right? So, <laughs> so uh, I'm trapped in, and I'm like, yeah, just call me Wally and things like that, but it's just, like, like, I didn't, like, I didn't have resentment for my name, but it was just, like, damn, like, I wish I had, like, a name, like, James or Jamal or something, like, you know, like, just so much more easier for people to say, but it's, like, um, the reason why I switched back to my name is because I, I learned about my heritage and my culture and why my parents named me that. So they they had survived the Rwandan genocide in 1994. I was born in 96 and they named me Nawali because it means warrior and bravery. So they needed somebody like that in their lives. That's why they named me that. I'm like, yo, call me Wally. You know what I'm saying? Like from from like from like like uh like my adolescence. So I didn't really like, you know, like they told me later in life, like 18, 19. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, like that's too deep to hear at, like, 15. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. Right? I'm trying to go to parties and try to hang out with everybody. So it's like, but when I did find out, I'm just like, no, nah, I got to, like, make sure I, I I honor that name because it's like, it was, it was, it was like a gift almost. Because, like, now I know what that name means. It's like, yo, I got to carry that, like, because it's like, like, that name just, like, it's, it's bigger than me, right? They're like, yo, we needed somebody like that in our lives. So it's like, I got to make sure I represent that wherever I go, you know? And I love that. And I loved seeing like kind of the transformation of it on social media for you too, because I remember when you first announced it and you like changed your Instagram name and like all of that. And you were like, this is it. I was like, this is so cool. Like, and I loved, I love that for you, especially too, because I feel like, you know, I've seen you grow also as like a, a musician because I, we've been friends for so long. <laughs> and I feel like, I literally feel like I'm thinking back to it now. Like, I think I was probably like one of your very first shows I'm pretty Literally, sure you had to have been yeah for sure I think I was which is so crazy and like I mean I love that like I love being able to support all my friends that are that are doing incredible things and before we get into the episode though I would love for you to share you know what 
you do, what you're passionate about, you know, share a little bit about your music career and all of that. Absolutely. So like you said, we went to high school together. I started rapping at 16, like freestyling for the homies at like parties and stuff like that. And um, uh, I just I just knew like that was something I wanted to do because like I grew up listening to hip hop, like from my early, early age, like five, six years old. I just knew like I'd love it. So then as I got older, um, I realized the significance of like uh, using like my artistry, like with the messaging and things like that. Cause it's like, it's a journal, right? Like it's like your experiences or like your friend's experiences or stories you've been told. So it's like, I want to make sure like I highlight those things, you know? And like what I'm learning, like you said, like the growth of me. So it's like, I want to, I want to show people like be comfortable in your skin, right? Be comfortable in your name. Like don't change it to fit society. Let society fit to your standards. Right. Mm-hmm. And things like that. And like, educating myself and like the importance of like growth and like like you said I've been doing it for a long time like I could have quit like when I didn't see the results right you know but I kept with it and I'm gonna continue to do it that's what my artistry represents it's like elevate yourself and like work on your craft be a nice person like give back to the community help others along the way and that's what I represent that's what my artistry is about I love that you said give back to the community because something that, so I have like a playlist, it's called don't give up on your dreams, bitch. And like one of the lines, mm. one of the lines is literally like give back to community that raised you up. And it's like a, like a line that really has resonated with me because I feel like, you know, you and I, like we went to a, a school that was very like leadership oriented and did a lot Absolutely. of, like for me, I've shared this story on the podcast before, but for me, like I learned a lot about like community and charity and like helping, you know, your organization from the bottom up type of thing. And that's always something that's really resonated with me. And I feel like it's also something that, you know, it's crazy for me, like me to think that. And then for you to like say the same thing that we kind of have had the same mm-hmm. value experience, like moving through life and like feeling the same way about that, which is that's cool. amazing. <laughs> that is amazing, for real. And like, you, you remember me back then, I wasn't like, I was a class clown. I wasn't taking school seriously. Like uh-huh. I didn't really like, my drive wasn't like as it is now because it's like the life experiences and like the importance of education, the importance of like representing yourself and like, and staying true to who you are. Right. So like, mm-hmm. and like, you've been solid from the jump and like, I had to like go through life experiences to be like, Oh no, like, like I'm here today, you know, and let me make sure like I make an impact. I leave an impact. Mm-hmm. You know? And I love that. And I think that that's like a big reason as to why we're still friends after <laughs> eight years. <laughs> Absolutely. Literally, um, literally. Before I ask you the question that I've asked everybody else, we also were kind of speaking about this before we started recording. You were getting into it and I was like, no, 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 we need this on the podcast. You were talking about um, how you you came to Canada. I would love to hear the story behind that. Absolutely. So um, in uh, 1994, my parents had uh, survived the Rwandan genocide and like uh, they ended up staying there for a few years later. I would have, to be honest, if I was them, I would have left like the day after, like, I'm like, I'm out of here, like, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, they, uh, they ended up staying till the year 2000. And then uh, we came here as refugees to Canada, just like humble beginnings. My parents had to like work their way up through life. And like, as a kid, like, you just see like your, your, your living conditions elevate, elevate, elevate. And like, you may, you may be not, you're not like too old enough to understand like what's going on, but subconsciously it's like, I just seen like, okay, hard work gets you this, hard work gets you that, you know, and like never give up, never surrender. And like, thankfully, like when, once I got my things together, like I made sure like I followed that blueprint because it's like, they set such a, like a high standard for me and my siblings so that like, we can't give up, you know, it's like, they did all these things and with all these setbacks, there's no way in like, there's no way in hell, like we're not going to do that and more, you know? And I love that. I, yes, I absolutely love that. And I think it's such a unique story 
as well. Like I love, this is a, a whole big reason as to why I'm having so many different voices on the podcast is just to have, you know, everybody's story and experience in their own, you know, thoughts, feelings, and opinions. And I'm very happy that you came on the podcast today. And um, thank you for having me. Of course. Um, and so I would love to ask you the question that I've been asking everybody um, is, you know, how can other people be a better ally to the black community? Wow. That's a good question. And uh, I'm going to quote, I'm going to quote one of my managers at work, Vance. He, uh, he said, I want to be a good ancestor. Wow. Really? That's a good, that's a good quote. Right. And like, I think that's in and of itself, like how they can help. Right. It's, it's like teaching your seeds, teaching the next generation from early on, love thy neighbor, you know, don't see color. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Respect others. And like, uh, learn like so for example I work like I gave them books like the biography of Malcolm X to read or Black Like Me where it's like this journalist he in this in the 50s and 60s he goes to the southern states as a white man but he goes through these like, surgeries to make himself look black mm-hmm. so he experiences like what it's like to be a, a black person in the southern states but he's like knowing inside he's a white man he's like I can't dine here you know or I can't use a washroom here I gotta walk 35 miles before I can use a restroom at mm-hmm. a black diner you know, and things like that. So it's like, even though it's like such a long time ago, it's still relevant today, you know, and think and things like that. So it's like, educate them, educate yourselves, you know, like, like this one, this one girl asked me, um, like around the BLM stuff, like happening last year. And like, she, she hit me with one of the most basic, like, uh, questions. She's like, can you like, she's like, I want to help like the black community. I want to support, like, can you, can you show me black artists? Like I could support and on, on God, my reply was this. My reply was this. Because I was like, I actually, I appreciated that she asked me that. But I'm like, that's not going to serve you as much as you looking for them yourself. That is so true. That's a theme that we've talked about, like, throughout these these little interviews that I've been doing. Is that um, a lot of people feel like a lot of people want to be allies. However, they want us to do all the work for them. Yeah. And just, like, present it to and them. It takes- like, here's a little, like, here's a how to be an ally starter pack <laughs> like right exactly exactly and it's just like it takes away from it takes away from the actual like work because it, it takes work right it takes mm-hmm. it takes work to be a good answer word events right and it's like like and what they're doing at work like I don't want to name drop if like I got a name drop but you know but like what they're doing there is beautiful because they're doing things behind the scenes and like it feels like a family you know like when my family and I go feed homeless people on the first Saturday of each month they started joining and like they're like like okay, we could like we could prep the burgers here. We could do things like you know like help dish out food with you guys. Just like that, like that human side of things. It's just not. It's not a corporation. It's like actually like it's love. And it's like when the BLM stuff happened, they're like, okay, what can we do to help? They came and asked me, and I was like, wow. I know like, that's that's literally right? because they they set up like a whole water stand and like made sure everybody yeah. was like hydrated and had things that they they needed to go right? and, protest. And, and and that's what like that's what I said. I'm like, okay, grab waters. I said, grab waters, and then I was like, get signs so they people like walking by will see these things, you know. So like the BLM signs, they saw the BLM signs because they have those like uh, glass windows, right? Uh-huh. Like outside, like by that patio. Yeah. So the, imagine the marchers see those signs there and they're like, wow, like, you know? And it's like me and my, my coworker, Devon, we were like, like while we're working, like we're actually making signs. And I'm like, yo, like, I don't think I could do this at another another place of work. I don't think like another restaurant would be like, okay, how can we help? You know, things like that. But they, like you said, they had that stand and things like that. And I was just like, wow, like 
the fact that they came and asked me and like like and like off rip like all I said was okay you grab waters because it was a summer day August in Edmonton come on who are we playing you know <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah it's humidity it was crazy right? so cool. you said like they got hydrated they got hydrated and things like that and that was just such a beautiful moment because it was like like a, a little thing like that like grabbing waters you know but it's just like it made that much more of an impact and what they're doing behind the scenes too is is like is like I love it, you know. I love hearing that because I feel like a lot of people like if they follow me, if you listen to the podcast, but you also follow me on Instagram, you guys see me like eating central all the time. Like I'm always like I have takeout Sunday like for central, and I feel like a lot of people are like, why does she love this restaurant so much? But I feel like it, it really just is a family. I don't even work there, and I feel like it really is such a family. It really is, and they really stand for so many incredible values, and they want to be incredible community leaders. And I think that is awesome. And I think that actually, you know, goes with your point of like, I want to be a better ancestor is that, you know, they are, they are helping be better allies to the black community by being great community leaders. And not expecting anything in return. Absolutely. They're not, they're not expecting the pat on the back. They're doing it because they want to do it. That's the difference in in a real ally, right? It's like, like, Hey, look at me. Like I'm at the black market. Like, you know, like with your camera, like that's not, like you're just seeking validation at that point, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're doing it because you want to do it, it's it's a whole different thing. And so you don't got to post about it. The people at the market will appreciate it and you can have that interaction and it's just a beautiful thing, right? Mm-hmm. Something that we were talking about too before we started recording was how you were speaking about how there were so many people who were like so down for like the two weeks or whatever in August and, you know, we don't hear anything much from them now type of thing yeah exactly exactly and and i think the best way to describe it is like yo we can't we can't take a skin color off we can't be like we're not we're not a police officer where they could they could go back into society and you wouldn't know if it's john or tom who arrested you or something like that you know Uh but but like you you and i are are, are black 24 7 since 24 years ago and counting right (laughs) right so it's like like it's it's being an ally is a lifelong journey as well it's not like you stop tomorrow like it's like oh no like we gotta we got it's a it's a battlefield every day you know like we're we're at we're at disadvantage we have to work twice as hard that quote-unquote which i think we have to dismantle that completely because if you work twice as hard as somebody you should just get what they have twice as much because you put in the work you know no matter no matter what your gender is no matter what your uh sexual orientation is or where your skin color is no matter what it is it's like yo if you put in the work to get something in life you you need that back it's like what you put in what you get back right so we shouldn't have those hurdles in the way for anybody you know I completely agree on that that's something that I'm very excited to have multiple you know more conversations about that in terms of obviously not only just race but you know gender sexual orientation and that kind of thing I think those are all very good points because there's a lot of there's a lot of groups we're human beings oppressed <laughs> absolutely right? right we're all human beings and it's like it's like if you judge somebody it's like if you point the finger at somebody three are pointed back at you right so right that's a bar that's a bar now and I was going to touch up on that because it's like um when I realized that it's like I stopped judging people because it's like you don't know what they're going through you don't know why they're doing what they're doing or you don't know what like how their day went right like that girl remember that you tell me about like it was just like in your DMs because like, oh, you didn't post about this, but it's like, you don't know how bad of a day she had. You don't know how bad of a day Carly had that day, you know? So it's like, you can't even, you can't, like, who are you to judge somebody, right? It's like, right? So it's like, I I choose to, I choose to just like, just to be like, oh, you know what? Like, yo, let people live their lives. 
you know, like if, if you want to help the cause, help the cause. And if you don't, like that's on you. Like we're just not going to speak to you and we're just not going to deal with you. We're not going to keep, we're not going to put our money in your pockets. You know, like we're not going to, that's not what we're going to do. I like, I like that you said that because I feel like it kind of almost is as simple as that at, at its like core is like, if you don't want to be part of the the solution, you want to continue being the part of the problem. Like I, we don't really owe you anything. Like, I don't owe you Maybe. my friendship. I don't care how long we've been friends. I don't owe you this. Like, I don't care how, if we're like blood related, like if you want to be a part of the problem, like we, we don't got to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, we don't got to do this anymore, right? We we, we got to waste our time, right? I, and absolutely, I completely agree. Um, before we go, I would love to know, you know, if you have any tangible like ways that you would love to see other people help support the black community. Like I said, I feel like the best way to do it is if people just look look for it. Like if people go out there and do it themselves, because it's like like you said, like if it's given to somebody, it's like. They didn't work for it. Whereas if it's like somebody's like, okay, like who's who's a who's a black creative I could I can invest in? Like who can I buy a painting off of, or who can I get a tattoo from, or who can I, you know, like who's CD who can, can I, I hire as a photographer for my my national <laughs> brand campaign? Exactly right, exactly. And if like if they ever need artists for whichever brand, hey, you know what I mean. <laughs> but no, but that's what I love though, and that that's something that you know we talked about before we started recording is also just uplifting the community that you're already a part of, like, just like, you don't ha- just have to be like someone who's outside of the black community to support the black community. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. love being able to have you guys on the podcast and, you know, introduce you to my community. And I love being able to, you know, that we talked about this with T about Tegan, who was also on the part one of this podcast, but like being able to work with him on something that he loves to do that like he got paid like well for which he deserves to and then also to like is part of the black community is is awesome right and it's like that's what it's about right it's like it's like elevating each other because it's like um a rising tide brings up all the ships mm-hmm. that, right? was, that was good go ahead yo yo shout out to shout out to jfk for that one you know like jfk when i heard that quote like i had to like i had to play it back i'm like what did i just hear like so <laughs> You get you could be the tide lifting everybody, or you could be a ship. Either way, you're going up. So it's like you know. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. That's a great. That's a great quote. Um, before we go, I would love for you to share with everybody where they can find you, how they can support you, anything that you're working on right now. Go ahead, tell us. Absolutely. So my name is Nawali. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the dot Nawali N T W A L I. My website is nawali.com. I have a song coming out at the end of the month called. F and O, which stands for failure is not an option. That's been my mindset literally since 2014. Uh, when I started my music career, it's just that, like adversity is going to come. Obstacles are going to come. But if you stand tall and if you stand firm in your beliefs and in yourself, failure won't be an option because it's like like quitting is the only way you fail, right? Because failure, failure is a part of success. If you haven't failed in life, you're not trying hard enough, you know? So don't fail. Failure is not an option. As in you keep going. You keep picking yourself up. You know, that's what it's about. And that's what, that's what I want people to hear when they hear that song. It's like, it's that mindset thing. I love that. I love that. Um, Nawali, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm happy that we were finally able to do a podcast. I feel like we talked about it so much and our schedules just weren't working, but I'm I'm excited that you were able to come on this one today. Thank you very much. And perfect timing. Honestly, perfect timing.
That is it for today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Before you go, make sure to head to the description, check out all of the people who are featured on the podcast today. They are all incredible people and we should be supporting them in everything that they do. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are an Apple podcast listener, make sure to give the show a five-star rating and review. It really does help me out and I would really appreciate it. I love you guys so much. I hope you guys have an incredible day and